Hello, everybody. Hey, guys. So today is a very special episode. We've been talking about having a guest on the podcast for a while now, and we just haven't really gotten around to doing it. But today we have Lauren, and um, Lauren's a mental health advocate. She has a TikTok. I'll definitely share that on the Instagram and everything, but... We're just going to be talking about her story, her side with emetophobia, her story with, you know, other mental illnesses, kind of dive deeper into all of that. So, yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so, I'm so awkward, but I'm doing this anyway. No, it's fine. fine. It's fine. Well, my cat's literally eating right now. Oh, is that your cat? (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so I stumbled across Lauren's TikToks, like, a couple weeks ago or like a week ago and it was about emetophobia and then I kind of just started scrolling to see you know what other TikToks she posted because I literally didn't even know a lot of people talked about it like that and um she's actually talked about it a ton so I reached out to her to see if she'd want to do this episode with us and she was totally down for it but I think I saw did you make a post about possibly starting a YouTube channel as well Lauren? I did. I did start one. I just posted my first, like, video. It's an emetophobia tips video, like, it was two days ago. Oh, perfect. I'll definitely post that on the... Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Post it's, like, there. 10 minutes. It's, like, in-depth. So. Good. People need <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. yeah. We all need that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, to start it off, do you want to kind of tell how your emetophobia started or just talk about when it came about, I guess? Honestly, it's really weird. I feel like I was honestly born with it. Mm-hmm. Like some of my earliest memories are of me being scared to throw up and I've always asked myself like why? Why have I always been afraid of this? And I feel like it's because I was born with a stomach condition called MALS. It mm. stands for median arcuate ligament syndrome. And before I even like can remember, my mom told me like as a baby, I would literally just randomly like throw up on everyone. Like, people oh, will come no. up to me and be like, I remember you as a kid. You used to puke all over me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I would walk around the house. I remember this a little bit. I would walk around the house with, like, a bowl, and I would randomly just get sick. Mm-hmm. And as I would, I guess, got older, I think that just kind of subconsciously created this fear in me and, like, this, I guess, feeling, like, out of control and, like, always feeling sick. And as, like, I got older, it changed. Like, it got better, and then it got worse, and then it got better, and, like, kind of just, like, yeah. Does that stomach condition still affect you or did it kind of whistle away as you got older? Um, I actually had surgery for it about, it was like three years ago in November. So it was, it was over three years ago I had surgery. So it's better now. Yeah. But it was, I would feel sick like pretty much every single day. And the doctors always told me it's in your head. It's because you're afraid. It's all like this. And I know that like, struggling with emetophobia obviously causes nausea like we all know that but like Mm -hmm. I was also having pain and like nobody was listening to me yeah but I've been there before yeah yep (laughs) well other than I don't have like a actual diagnosis other than emetophobia but yeah doctors not paying attention is so infuriating sometimes um yeah does anyone you know have emetophobia as well or did you just it just developed on your own yeah, it's funny actually. So, my it was actually my ex boyfriend's sister has mouse, which is how I discovered I had it. Oh, she has like the same stomach condition, and she also 
has had emetophobia. She's like a lot better now. Mm-hmm. But I just mm-hmm. think it's interesting. Like she had both of the same things. Yeah, so like what are the odds? I was able to yeah, I was able to relate to her a lot. That's so weird. I don't know oh, anyone wow. in my yeah. personal life who has emetophobia. Lauren, so you didn't know about your like stomach condition until you were older then, right? Mm-hmm. So like when you were younger, you, you didn't know why you were throwing up. You didn't know why you felt the way you felt. Mm-hmm. That must be horrible. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> I I spent, like, it was weird. It was like I had three different, like, throughout elementary school, I, like, did a whole round of tests, and they were like, nothing's wrong with you. It got a little bit better. Middle school did the same thing. Like, I, went, I had to go to the ER one day because I was in class, and I couldn't breathe. And, like, they're like, oh, you're having a panic attack, which partly probably was true, but it was because my stomach, like, yeah. I literally couldn't breathe. And then high school is when I, one day, I was just sitting in the living room with my, the reason I met the girl was because our, our brothers were friends. So I went over to their house and I didn't feel good. And I was like, kind of like anxious and panicking and like, and she was like, are you okay? And I just told her and she asked me a couple of questions and she's like, you sound like you have this. And I was like, what the heck is that? And I looked it up and I was like, wow, I knew I was like, this is what I have. That's so crazy. Wait, so what? what is it is it just a stomach a stomach condition or yeah so it's the reason it's so like they say it's really rare which I believe is rare but like I think it's more just really it goes like really undiagnosed Mm -hmm. so it's not how do I explain it the symptoms are all in your stomach but there's nothing like there was nothing wrong with my stomach it was just that my diaphragm like sits too low so anytime I would eat or drink or exercise anytime my stomach expanded or my diaphragm expanded there'd be like pressure and it mm. would cause pain and nausea mm. so that's why like you go you go to the doctor you're like my stomach hurts they don't think to look at your diaphragm yeah so that's why it's like yeah yeah i've never even heard of that ever before yeah God, most either. people haven't i didn't know about it until i was 17 yeah so. that's crazy yeah. but yeah. i feel so much better so thank god i know i remember growing up and having like weird stomach pains but mine was always anxiety related i've like rule that everything but it's just so frustrating yes the anxiety that i've struggled with definitely definitely makes makes it worse so yeah um so do you struggle with emetophobia i guess like often would you say it's like a weekly thing or maybe like a monthly thing or are you better now you did mention that you're a little bit better now but yeah so Throughout my life, it was always something that I struggled with kind of on the side. Like, if I felt sick, I would get really anxious. Or if someone around me threw up, like, when I was a kid, I'd be like, I'd put my family on bar for us. I'd make a little sign and be like, you can't come near me. Like, <laughs> it, I, it was just something that was, like, on the side. Yeah. But as yeah. I as I got older, like, and the whole um, stomach condition happened, I actually, when I had my surgery, I had a little bit of a traumatic experience where it was, I had to stay in Connecticut because there's only two doctors that know how to do the surgery, like one in Connecticut and I think the other one's in like California. And oh I'm like, gosh. well, I'm closer. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm closer to Connecticut. So that's what I'm doing. So I had to stay in the hospital for a week and then I had to stay in a hotel in Connecticut for a week so I could have my post-op appointment and I come home. So I'm in the hotel and I refused a lot of the medicine because I was like, it all caused nausea and I was like, I'm not taking it. So I was just running on Advil. Like yeah. I... I was like, I don't want to take any of this medicine. And the one day my mom's like, you really need to like take the medicine. It might help. So I was like, okay, I'll try it. And I had like a rice cake in my stomach because it was so hard to eat because I was like really nauseous from the incision and all that. Mm-hmm. And I took all this medicine. She was like, let's go for a drive. So we go for a drive to Walmart. 
and I was like I do not feel good and I was like mom you got to pull over and like like this was on the way home and I was like panicking and I had I think it was like I would say it was the worst panic attack I ever had in my life and I was so scared that I was gonna throw up not only because I was like oh my gosh like I don't want to throw up but also my stomach was so sore that I was like this is gonna hurt so bad like I'm not like I can't deal with this and I was shaking like I couldn't breathe and all I could think about was like I just want to be home I just want to be home and from that as soon as I like ended up getting home a couple days later it kind of developed into a fear of like I don't want to drive with people I don't want to leave my house like Mm -hmm. I never want to feel that way again and it was like the worst that it has ever been and I thought about it it was every day I felt nauseous I couldn't eat like it was really really bad and over time like that was two years ago it's slowly gotten better of me just like slowly pushing myself out of my comfort zone but it has been like and I've gone through a lot like the stomach condition and I would say this is probably like almost just as bad because people look at mental illness they're like oh like you know it's not that bad like you would think my stomach condition would be worse and this is probably probably just as bad I would say exactly it was one of the hardest things I've ever been through so yeah yeah I think well something that Brooke and I talk about a lot on this podcast is how you really have to push yourself out of your Mm -hmm. comfort zone to get better and that's kind of the only way and it it's kind of the same thing as exposure therapy and people think of exposure therapy as like someone making you throw up or whatever but it really mm-hmm. is just little things that push you out of your comfort zone that eventually help you be able to live a more normal life. And it sounds like that's pretty much what you've been doing. Yeah. I feel like that's the only thing you can really even do. Because when you're in that dark mm-hmm. pit and everything's scaring you and you don't even want to drive or go to school, it's like there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do but expose yourself to reality. I mean, and yeah. push yourself. Even if it's the smallest thing, I think starting somewhere exactly. is better yeah. than nothing. But the, the baby steps add up. That's what I always say. Yes. Like, yeah. Be patient with yourself. They add up. Yes. So you were you were a junior in high school when um, this happened? Or a senior? I was when the... When what happened? When you had but, the surgery? Um, oh, yes. I was a senior in high school when I had the surgery. Did that like affect going back to school or... Mm-hmm. I... I couldn't go back to school for, I think it was, I was out until like, I think January-ish. So like about two months, cause I couldn't really move yeah. that well. And like, but then as soon as I went back, I was in school for like two months and then COVID happened. And I was like, oh, I barely yeah. went to school my senior year. That's the same thing that happened to me. We probably graduated the same year, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And... I just remember school just like stopped one day and it was like okay I guess we graduated yeah it was a weird time it was definitely a very did COVID affect your metaphobia at all or your mental health at first when it first started I actually had it which I didn't even know it's funny because I like had COVID and then oh no like right when it started which is weird but anyways when COVID happened, I was super anxious because I have another medical condition called POTS, which mm-hmm. is kind of related to mouths. It's that is more well known. I've heard it's of like, that one. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, of that. and it's like your autoimmune system, and like they're all saying like, "Oh, people who have autoimmune conditions are gonna die," and I was like, "Oh, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to die." Like I thought I was gonna die if yeah. I got it. Yeah. But as like more time went on, I realized like, oh, like the chance of me dying is so so low. So I was. I wasn't that anxious. Yeah, from I was it. manageable. Yeah, like I was fine. Were you scared about? Because I know 
in the beginning of COVID and still a little bit now, like, I feel like so many people get such different symptoms and you kind of don't know what you're going to get. Um, mm-hmm. Were you worried that it, if you got COVID, it might cause you to like throw up? Um, I don't know. I didn't, I never really, I don't know if I thought about that because I knew it was more like your respiratory, but I am like a germaphobe and whenever I'm in public, I don't like, I didn't even, I cared more about the stomach bug than COVID. And one day I was in class in college and my professor walks in and I didn't really wear my mask. I kind of had it down because I was like, I would just sit in the back and like, I couldn't breathe with it on because mm-hmm. the pots and I was like, I just had it down. She walks in and she's like, oh, like I was out. Don't worry, guys. I don't have COVID. I had the stomach bug and I put my you mask put- up so quick. <laughs> I was like, I'm more scared of the stomach bug than COVID. Yeah. That's so funny. I was the exact same way. When I first found out about COVID, it's obviously it's more um, respiratory stuff. And I was not that scared until I heard that. I mean, it affects some people's stomachs, but it's a lot more rare. So I was definitely more worried about the stomach bug for sure. And I used the mask too as like a reason to keep it going. Mm -hmm. I've had COVID twice and I never felt nauseous or anything. So yeah, I didn't really either. Do you take any medication? For like any of your, um, actually, here let's talk about all your diagnosis. So you have pots and is that pots? Mm-hmm. And then what's the other one? Um, mouths. Mouths, and then yeah. anxiety, general anxiety, right? Or is that kind of just? I was never really diagnosed. I guess I was diagnosed with a metaphobia and agoraphobia, mm. but I have I've never taken medicine really for anything. Because I'm just, I generally get nervous about medicine. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know how it's going to affect me. Yeah. And I know everyone's different. But for me personally, I just, I didn't think that I would need it to like recover. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, yeah, so I haven't, I haven't taken it. Yeah. Yeah, if I didn't need it, like if I didn't feel like I was at my wit's end, I would try and stay away from it as much as I can. But yeah. Well, and I think like Brooke and I both take medication for our anxiety and we both kind of tried to not take it for as long as we could but Mm -hmm. yeah both of us just kind of got to a point where it was like we want to live a normal life again and yeah if this is what I have to do to be able to help myself better then you know that's just what I have to do for now yeah I totally get that it doesn't have to be a forever thing I think it just Mm -hmm. helps you like climb out of this hole that you've built or that you've like dug yourself into I've thought about it. I was at a point when I was at my lowest that I thought about it, but I was honestly scared of how it would affect me, so I didn't take it. Exactly. But. That's another reason why I waited so long, was just yeah. because I was scared that I would like get nauseous or throw up. But it's so frustrating when you want to try something that'll help you and that you know would probably help you, but mm-hmm. you're just too scared to do it. And it's just, it feels like hopeless and helpless. Yeah. Mm-hmm when you're in those situations and not only that not even anxiety or uh nausea related for me sometimes I get worried about I think I okay I don't know for sure but I think I have some sort of heart I was born with a hole in my heart but then that got fixed immediately and I have had no issue since but I get like very like my heart acts up a lot and Mm -hmm. we've done tests and nothing palpitations yeah uh, very often and like it freaks me out but which is probably anxiety related but whatever um but then I get scared of medication. I'm like, okay, what if that affects my heart? And then it goes into mm-hmm. even more spiral. And then whenever I'm anxious, it's like more anxiety or more nausea. 
then that cycle. It's a whole circle. It's mm-hmm. a constant. I get that totally. So I saw you're in a relationship. You have a boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Is he good with your uh, mental health and like emophobia and everything? Yeah, he actually is amazing. He also struggles with mental health, just different um, in different ways than I do. So he's super compassionate and understanding. And like, he always encourages me, like, push yourself, push yourself. But he never pressures me, like, you know, that's perfect. and that's what that's that's what you need, like someone that's going to push you, but also not make you feel bad when you can't do something. And he, yeah. he's been he's been amazing. So. How long have you guys been together? We've been together since September. So I guess like a little over four months. Yeah, not long, but it seems like forever. Yes, it goes by fast. Sometimes you meet those people and it's like you just met them, but Mm -hmm. you feel like you've known them your whole life. Yeah. How did you tell, did you like tell him about your metaphobia? How did he kind of find out about that? I think we actually, we met at my best friend's wedding, which is really cool. He was the groomsman that walked me down the aisle. I saw those TikToks. They were so cute. (laughs) I love making TikToks about it because I think it's so cute. But we started, like, we never even really talked in person. He just DM'd me pictures of us from the wedding. And then we started Snapchatting and FaceTiming. And we just, like, I'm very vulnerable. And that's how I connect with people. Like, I feel like if I have, like, I could just meet someone and we could, for like forever just keep talking about like mundane like service level things and I will never feel close to them mm-hmm. but like if I just talk about deep things with someone immediately that's how I connect so I just straight up yeah. like started talking about all the things in my life and he was like what the heck like and then <laughs> he started and that's how we connected so yeah I just I just told him like probably one of the first times we FaceTime like like it's a major part of like my life yeah so. it's good yeah. keep it honest yeah. It took me a long time to open up to my – it took me a couple of years to open up to my boyfriend about it because I was so embarrassed and ashamed. I know. Oh, no. Not that good, but – Yeah, I started dating my boyfriend a few months before – I mean, I always kind of had a metaphobia. I just didn't mm-hmm. know it was, like, an actual thing. Yeah. Um, but it got really bad – like four years ago and I just completely stopped going to school stopped eating all these Mm -hmm. things um but I was already with him so he was kind of going through it with me yeah and learning about it with me and it's interesting how we all three of us have like such a different way of how we told our significant others or like how they found out yeah yeah it would be nice to like grow together because Maddie you and Nick Nick's her boyfriend um you and Nick like Nick's been able to see every aspect of it as well instead of having to completely learn on his own which is like what Logan had to do my boyfriend Logan um Mm -hmm. so that'd that'd be kind of that's a nice way to learn about the fear yeah I hope Nick and I never break up because I don't want to have to explain it to somebody else I didn't really have to explain it to Nick so it was kind of good but and there's nothing to be ashamed of I know like for me like I've always been pretty open about it but there's been times like after I've posted TikToks where people are things and like they'll say things that are hurtful like oh there's more things to be afraid of like you know your spouse giving you things I'm like it doesn't matter like it is so real to me. It is so real to so many people. And, like, yeah. there's nothing to be ashamed about. Like, everybody struggles with different things. Mm-hmm. Some so. people don't get it. And that's – I mean, it's yeah. fine. Like, that's on them. But we can't let it affect us because it is literally so real. Yeah. And it's an yeah. irrational fear. Like, we 
will they tell ourselves, oh, we're so crazy, like all this. I'm like, yeah, it's an irrational fear. Like, we can't help yeah, it. We like, know. We're just afraid. Yeah. <laughs> we know it's stupid. We know it's <laughs> not like yeah. normal, something we should be scared about, but we are. So, like, what are yeah. you? Shut up. That's what I say. We, it's just a natural, like, your body is just the, yeah. the response you get. Is yeah, fight or flight extreme anxiety yeah lauren what's the other fear that you have you said you have obviously metaphobia and then a rogue agoraphobia. agoraphobia what is that yes so i guess it's it's like how do i explain that the definition is kind of like a fear of feeling trapped okay and a lot of time it presents itself in like not leaving your house mm-hmm. and that's kind of what happened with me like when i was at my worst when i went away to school I was struggling really badly before I went away as a freshman and I told myself like oh this always happens when there's like when I'm going away to something I get anxious because I think well if I throw up like when somebody else gets sick but I decided I'm like I'm going away anyway like I'm gonna push myself and it's gonna get better but it didn't it just got worse and I couldn't like it started off by me not really leaving far to go to campus mm-hmm. I like there were a few times where I got in the car with my friends and I had a panic attack and I was like pull over pull over I feel like I'm gonna throw up and then I was like I'm not riding with anyone yeah. And I slowly just couldn't, like, even get to class without feeling like I was going to be sick. And just, I would just, my immediate response to, like, leaving my dorm was anxiety because I yeah. felt, like, unsafe and I didn't want to be sick around people or anything like that. So that's when I decided to come home and transfer. But, yeah, it's basically, like, just, like, fear of, like, it was a fear of leaving my house. Even though I wanted to leave my house, mm-hmm. it was just, I had panic attacks because I always felt, like, sick and I was going to be sick. I feel like people with emetophobia also probably struggle with agoraphobia too and don't even know because yeah, yeah. I mean when you have a fear of throwing up there's so many things that can cause people to throw up or so mm-hmm. many chances I guess you could have to see someone throw up that it's like you just want to stay in the comfort of your own home and mm-hmm. not go anywhere because it's scary and yeah. yeah I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know why I feel like for people who struggle with metaphor, it's like throwing up at the house or throwing up in public, like it's the same thing, but for some reason the thought of throwing up and being sick in public is like a million times worse. Like why? It's a, like a world of difference <laughs> yeah. to for my brain too. It's like yeah. it makes no sense. I mean I'm still very scared of each, but one's yeah. a lot better than the other. Mm-hmm. So did Obviously, you said that you were scared to leave your house and you had to transfer back from college. Um, did did emetophobia affect your life in any other way? Like, did you stop eating certain things? Did you stop going to specific places? Um, and and is it the same now? Yes, it definitely did affect when it got to that point where it was it's like all time low to the point where I remember thinking like, if this is my life forever, I don't want it. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm yeah I couldn't really leave my house I wouldn't I started developing like OCD with expiration dates like I wouldn't eat anything unless I checked the expiration date and I would wake up in the morning and eat the same thing every day and I would still check the expiration date because I was like what if it changed like I wouldn't really eat in public like um at restaurants and stuff especially meat I would like I and once I started to push myself to do that because I'm like other people do it and are fine like I think I'm fine like it's it's nerve-wracking, but I'm doing it anyway. At first, I would, like, inspect it. I would smell it. I would ask my friends to smell it. And mm-hmm. they're like, Lauren, mm-hmm. just eat the chicken. It's fine. Um, so I've gotten a lot better with that. Like, 
I'll I'll eat meat in public. It still makes me nervous, but I I'm able to do it now. But at first, like I pretty much cut out a lot of things, and I I always felt nauseous, and I I wouldn't really eat much at all. I lost a lot of weight. Um, I lived off like granola bars and smoothies. <laughs> I've been there before. We've been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like the safety foods, you know. Mm-hmm. Brooke and I both kind of still eat like the same things every day. Yeah, I do the same um, thing. I was talking about this in the last episode, but yeah, so I stopped eating meat probably like three and a half years ago. I don't really know. A while ago, like mm-hmm. no meat at all. And because I was just scared and I, I wasn't, I didn't push myself and whatever. I, ju- I was just scared. So I stopped eating it. And now I'm at the point where I'm starting to crave it again. And I want chicken nuggets and a turkey yeah. sandwich. <laughs> and um, So one of my goals this year is to start eating meat. And it's, it's the same thing where I just have to push myself a little bit. Um, but it's scary, you know, not even like just eating meat in general can be scary, but then also getting back into eating it after not eating it for so long mm-hmm. is a whole nother thing. So, and then eating it from restaurants, like someone else cooking it is another thing. But yeah, yeah, that's definitely scarier. Yeah. Yeah. Slowly branch out. Yeah. I totally get that. Eating is not easy, especially just because I mean, it's so, so, it's so rare to get food poisoning, but that like sliver of a chance just freaks mm-hmm. a lot of people who have emetophobia out and we just yeah. hold on to it and then go from there, which is not good, but it happens. It's okay. I have a tip with the meat. Like if you're starting to eat meat, I would start with the frozen chicken. Like I just feel so much more. I eat frozen chicken out of the bag because I'm like, it's it's cooked and I just take it out of the freezer whenever I want. But if it sits in the fridge, I get nervous. Like, what if it's there? Yes. So, like, just starting with that is definitely, like, just one step, you know? Mm-hmm. As I just had frozen chicken for dinner. <laughs> yeah. When, when I first told Brooke earlier in this year that my goal was to start eating meat again, she sent me a picture of this chicken, frozen chicken that she eats. She's like, start this. I had a, I had a friend that was didn't eat meat for a while and she started with this and it was mm-hmm. it may even you know, be it was good and she started slow it may even be the same meat that <laughs> it's from costco oh. do you do you go to costco no the closest oh. one for me is like an hour so i don't go oh, that's far yeah yeah frozen meat is or especially chicken is so much easier because it's frozen or any honestly anything like frozen um there's this rice that i get from trader joe's and it's just it makes me feel so much more confident before mm-hmm. it's so good it is <laughs> the fried rice but yeah you can eat at restaurants without like freaking out too much or is that still kind of something you're learning to do or I definitely don't really like eating out still because mm-hmm. I just I prefer to know like when it was cooked and like the conditions of how long it's been sitting out all that thing like I don't even like letting my friends cook for me like I always mm-hmm. just like make my own food but I will like when I go out I will get um get food out if it's like not meat it's not as scary for me because I'm like oh like you can usually tell when like vegetables or things like that are old like you can usually tell from like looking at it but with me I get nervous but I started going to Red Robin with my boyfriend because we always we always love going to Red Robin I I started getting like (laughs) it's so good I started getting a turkey burger from there and like at Mm -hmm. first I was really scared but the more I do it I'm like okay, like, I haven't gotten sick yet. Like, they go through their food so quick, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But it is a thought, like, every, pretty much every time I do eat, but it's gotten 
a lot easier. That's a that's a really good thing that I've never even thought about. Like a good um, I guess self affirmation is that the serve or the cooks they go through meat, so they always have to be cooking yeah. up new new meat and stuff, or even any food. So there's no sit. Well, same like with those bigger corporations, restaurants, and companies. They have such strict regulations, too. Like, smaller, I guess, like, family-owned restaurants, they still Mm -hmm. have regulations by, like, the city or whatever, but these big companies that are all around the country are so strict. Mm -hmm. And they probably have people coming in to check, like, the safety of the food all the time. So. Yeah. yeah. The busier the place, the less scary it is because you know that it's yeah. not sitting there. That's as long. usually how I how I feel safe eating places. Yeah. Um, I used to work at a restaurant for quite a while, like a couple years, and um, literally no one ever got sick. I mean, if someone's gonna get sick, they're gonna mm-hmm. call in and be like, "You gave me food poisoning," yada yada yada. But we had a ton of regulars. No one ever got sick. We would always eat the food. It was always fine. That helps a lot, but it can be scary. Plus, the chefs that cook food, especially, like, these bigger places, they have to have gone to, like, culinary school and learned specifically about mm-hmm. the food Oh, they can see it. Food safety. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to religion. I saw that you're religious, right? It's... Mm-hmm. I'm a Christian, yeah. Um, does How does that affect, like... Does it help you a lot with um, your emetophobia and your mental health, or is it kind of just unrelated? Like, do you pray a lot whenever you're panicking, or how does that? Yes, I pray a lot when I'm anxious. I listen to worship music, mm-hmm. and a lot, like, so as a Christian, like, I've accepted Jesus into my heart, and, like, he lives within me, and I surrender, like, when I get super anxious, what I do is I just pray, and I, like, I surrender my my anxiety to God because I realize like a lot of the struggle with anxiety and emetophobia specifically is like a fear of loss of control mm-hmm. because we want to like we want to stop ourselves like we don't want to get sick we don't want it to keep happening like we want to control it and with like as a Christian I realize like like God ultimately is in control like I'm not in control like at the end of the day like no matter how many precautions I take like I really if I'm gonna throw up I'm gonna throw mm-hmm. up like there's nothing I can do yeah and when I tell myself that and I realize it, I say, God, like, I trust you. You're in control of my body. Like, whether I throw up or not, like, you're going to give me the strength to get through it, as scary as it sounds. And I just, I ultimately just, like, feel, like, peace and comfort. And he has helped me get through some of the hardest things in my life. Because from where I was, like, I really felt like it was never going to get better. And mm-hmm. that was my hope. Like, I know, like, God has God has a purpose for this. Like I'm going through this so that I can help people one day. And I knew that. And some of the things I never thought I'd do, I went from not being able to leave my house and I just prayed and constantly pushed myself to one day like I was it was when I was dating my boyfriend in the beginning. He was like, Come visit come visit me. He lives in New Jersey now, but he didn't at the time. Mm-hmm. He lived about two and a half hours from me and I was like, Oh, I don't think I can do that. I can't yeah. do that and I prayed about it and his family prayed and I got in the car and I wasn't even afraid. I just did it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, all glory to God. I, I couldn't do it myself. But I know not everyone believes in God and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, like mm-hmm. you can't really see him. Like, how do you believe? But like, it's through experiences. It's like, I always hear a quote that's like, 
it's like the wind you can't see the wind but like you feel its effect and you see it 100 percent. and that's yeah. that's how it is with god and there was one girl who i get a lot with people who dm me and ask for advice and there was this one girl um and i always send them like my worship playlist because that's what i listen to when i'm anxious and mm-hmm. it always calms me down it helps me feel peace and she was like i'm not very religious but at that point i'm willing to try anything yeah. and i'm like literally like it if, if even if you're not a christian you don't believe in god like just try praying and try listening to some worship music like you never know and god loves you and he's real and yeah yeah that's all I, have to say. I can relate to that so much so when my metaphobia like really started like five years ago that's when i kind of found god i guess you can say that's when i started becoming religious and mm-hmm. i mean just like you said with the wind the wind quote you said it is so true you just feel it and whenever i'm anxious i just pray and i'm just like lord i'm gonna put this in your hands you're gonna take care of mm-hmm. me i'm gonna put my trust into you like i'm freaking out i feel like i want to die but i'm gonna put my trust in you and you're gonna take care of me and then like an hour mm-hmm. later an hour max later i'm like I feel so much better and it's like okay thank you god and then i look at the clock and it's like an angel number and i'm like okay that's god like there you go he always takes care yeah it's it's really nice to have that relationship at least for me i know a lot of other people aren't religious and that's completely fine but um that's definitely something that helps me a ton um let's see okay so the last thing i really wanted to talk about is your career so you said you're in college right now um what are you studying yeah, so I actually took this semester off mm-hmm. because I was just feeling very overwhelmed and like burnout. And I wanted to um kind of focus on I'm writing a book actually. I've pretty much written mm-hmm. it. It's just a poetry collection oh, nice. of like loving, losing and letting go. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm working on that and getting it published. I wanted to take a break to do that. But I'm I am gonna go back to school eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm s i am was studying writing and psychology because I've always had a heart for writing and like that's something that has honestly helped me get through some of the hardest things in my life. Yeah. Like it's helped me to cope with my emotions and struggles. And I just love like sharing my story and other people's stories. And yeah, so I'm studying that. Mm-hmm. And I'm also studying psychology because I've always had a heart to like help people. And especially like with mental health, because it's something that so many people struggle with. And I want to like either be a counselor or a psychologist sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, psychology is so interesting. I remember I took it my freshman year, and it was very hard. It was very freaking hard. That major is not an easy major, but um, <laughs> just the stuff you learn that has to do with mental health and not even things you relate to, but it's just it's all really interesting how the brain works, and yeah. it also I don't know it helped me understand my brain a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It. I learned some tips and tricks. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, my brother's going to school to be a psychologist. Psych- a psychologist? The one that can prescribe medication. Psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah, psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah. Um, is he almost done with school? No. Not even oh, close. Yeah. Oh, wait. Your brother's, he's a little older, right? He's like two years older? He's four years yeah. older than me. But he didn't. I mean, he has a whole, like, mental yeah, health same journey and story. Um, he suffered really mm-hmm. bad from depression, and it got really bad for a while. But anyways, he dropped out of high school. And then finally, when he was about 19, he got his GED. Mm-hmm. 
got his first job and has kind of gone a lot better since then, honestly. And there's a lot of things he did, a lot of therapy, a lot. We, he went to like mental health institutions and he got this thing called ECC, I think. East, I don't know, something where it literally shocks your brain. Oh. Like they put you to sleep and you're, it shocks your brain and somehow changes the chemicals in your I've brain heard of that. so that you mm-hmm. aren't as depressed, I, I guess. I think I've heard of that from you, actually. I take that back. <laughs> I've heard of that before, okay. yeah. Yeah, and so anyways, um, so just I think about like two years ago, he started going to school to like college and got his associates, associates, and now he's going for his bachelor's and then he needs a master's Dang, good for and him. a doctor I think yeah that's not easy getting yourself out of any hole is not easy and no. especially doing psychology is not not freaking easy but it'll be a rewarding job for him for sure so before we start wrapping up I have a question for you Lauren you said that or we know that you do TikTok and you said you just posted your first YouTube video. Um, mm-hmm. What made you get into posting TikToks in general? And did you start with the metaphobia stuff and that kind of, you know, it kind of took it from there? Or did you start with just random posts and then eventually started talking about your metaphobia? Yeah, I actually... I've always loved making videos. Like I had Musically and I would like <laughs> ban my Musically account. So I started with posting like cute little like I like little video montages or like what I eat in a day. It's just like little videos like that. And I would occasionally post like a video making fun of a metaphobia almost like or just like a humorous yeah. video. You know, like a relatable mm-hmm. and Yeah. I I kept like posting on TikTok because I really like enjoy it. And I remember just like I've always felt in my heart, like, that I need to be vulnerable and, like, so that people will feel less alone and just help people because I feel like I have, like, learned a lot of things and, like, why not share them, you know, Mm -hmm. so I can help people. Yeah. So I remember praying one day and just, like, asking God, like, what do you want me to use, like, my TikTok for? And I posted a video about emetophobia and it got, like, I think it was, like, 600,000 views and I was, like, oh, my gosh, like, that's a lot of people. And people are in the comments, like, oh yeah me too me too me too I'm like holy moly and then I commented something like I'm should I make a tips video because I was honestly nervous I've always wanted to post it but the only thing that was really stopping me was fear of like people would what would people think if I posted a video and nobody watched it then I just look stupid whatever whatever and you know what I was like I'm just gonna do it like I'm just just gonna do what I want to do and not worry about what people think because they're gonna think things no matter what and I started posting videos and the more people commented and started like following me and liking things and like DMing me, it gave me the confidence to keep going. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually helping people. Like some people are telling me like you're really encouraging me, and like yeah. it makes me cry. Like sometimes I cry reading yeah. reading comments or DMs because I'm like, wow, like I'm able to help people, and I I know how hard it is. Like even though I'm doing so much better now, like it it was like so 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 difficult. Mm-hmm. You can relate. I'm just that. thankful that yeah. I'm able to help people. Yeah, and I'm I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna keep posting about it and opening up about other things that I've struggled with too that I don't necessarily like opening up about too because it's important. You yeah, know? someone's yeah. got to do it. So it's and I think yeah. 
Well, another thing is that social media in general is just a highlight reel of people's lives and they just show what they want to show and the good stuff. But it's important to show, I mean, it's not always necessarily bad things. Like emetophobia isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's important to show your struggles and things you've been through and your hardships because everybody's Mm -hmm. human. And Mm -hmm. even these people that it looks like their life is all put together and, you know, aesthetic and all these things like they still have struggles mm-hmm. and exactly it's important to show that um but my last question for you lauren is social media can be very rude like people mm-hmm. on social media and and brooke and i have seen with our instagram there's been some people that say rude things or just insensitive things And I think Brooke and I have talked about this before, but the positive feedback that we get and the fact that we know that we're helping people and encouraging people and people are feeling less alone outweighs the negative so much. Um, So I was just wondering, like, how do you handle those kind of negative comments? Like you said, I always just remind myself, like, the positive far outweighs the negative and like Mm -hmm. that's what Mm -hmm. happens when you put yourself out there like you're gonna have people that are gonna say hurtful things but one thing that I always remind myself is like to kind of put that in perspective not only with emetophobia but with anything in my life when I'm like worried about what people think or say I just say like I can't blame them they don't understand because they can't you know like that person has not been through everything that I've been through they have not felt every thought I've thought felt everything I've felt so, like, how can they understand? And I just, I, I, I don't try and, like, prove it to them. Like, I can state my point, but if they're not going to understand, they're not going to understand. That's and it that. doesn't matter because, yeah, yeah, there's so many people out there who who might not struggle with it, but understand, like, everybody has their own things and it's real to them and this is real to me. And, like, that that's what matters because there's people that do understand and that's enough. Mm-hmm. That, that's what yeah, I would I'm, tell myself. I'm going through the TikTok video that, um blew up for you the metaphobia one and someone literally commented they think it's so quirky but it's literally the death of me and that's so true yeah i saw that comment yeah you responded to it yeah it's literally it's like freaking taking over our lives at some points yeah yeah there's some there's some hate comments i mean like dms we get some dms and or actually Mm -hmm. i don't know if dms but like comments or stuff and people like saying get over it it's a fear like you need to grow up um like you know whatever I think we, yep. we've gotten a few we've gotten a few I think on like Instagram stories where people would slide up and just oh, say yeah. something and it's it's like okay yeah <laughs> yeah some people it just is don't hurtful. get it I, but I feel like a lot of times like when people say things like that I'm just thinking they're probably just hurting themselves oh for sure and they're like yeah projecting it and you know like to them it's like oh grow up but we know that it's not about that like somebody commented oh my gosh this is what gets me somebody said i'm sorry but if this is your worst fear then you have an easy life and i responded with a whole like long video of like my medical journey and i was like literally you have no idea what i've been through like it does not mean my life is easy yeah yeah i need to find that video just because you talk about one struggle that you have doesn't mean that you don't have any other struggles in your whole entire life totally exactly yeah people people on the internet are just so black and white yeah Mm -hmm. but i mean 
going off of this, I've I've been through some I've been through some crap with my like family situation, living situation, and although it sucks and it sucks it sucks a lot. Like I've been through a, like a really bad breakup before. It sucks, mm-hmm. but it doesn't suck as much as that dark hole that I get into when my anxiety is spiraling out of control. But that's again for me personally, that's my personal experience with it. Yeah, everyone's different. I guess to kind of wrap up this episode, um, Lauren, what are some like coping mechanisms that you have or like what do you do when you are, I guess, starting to feel yourself getting anxious or when you are in that bad panicky mode? What what are some coping mechanisms that you do? Okay, I'll share two like major things mm-hmm. that I feel like have helped me other than like praying because I've already I already talked about that, like praying mm-hmm. and worshiping mm-hmm. and that obviously is what I go to first, but also one of the major things I do is I remind myself of the truth, even if I don't necessarily believe it at first, oh, yeah. because like mm-hmm. our minds are so powerful and we don't realize like we have the power to change our thoughts and like our thoughts affect our words, our actions, our habits, like they affect everything. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, literally last night I had a stomach ache and I was in my bathroom and I felt really nauseous and I don't get as anxious anymore. Whenever I feel nauseous, I just tell myself when I feel myself starting to get anxious, I say, I'm not scared to throw up. I'm not afraid to throw up. Throwing up's not that bad. Like, I can handle it. And I just tell myself, like, even if I don't believe it, I tell myself that. And it automatically makes me feel better because, like, what you say, like, you're over and over again, your mind, like, subconsciously takes it on as a truth. Mm -hmm. So just telling yourself, like, oh, even if I get sick, like, I'm going to be fine. And even though I ate this, like, it doesn't mean I'm going to get sick. Like, just constantly telling yourself mm-hmm. the truth, even if you're struggling to believe it. I'm so big yeah, on that. Yeah, it's like those positive affirmations. Yeah, Brooke's yes. really big on that. Yes. And I think what's also important is, like you said, saying to yourself, even if I do get sick, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that helps me the most is... Learning how to learning how to accept the fact that we're all gonna throw up again in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but knowing that you're gonna be okay and it's gonna suck and it's probably gonna be really scary, but you're gonna be okay. You're you'll make it through and mm-hmm. and you'll come out on the other side of it. Stronger. And you'll be so proud of yourself. So I think that's something important that we should all be telling ourselves is just if I throw up, I will be okay. And giving yourself that confidence of like, you can get through it. Um, even if it feels like you can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's only temporary too. Even if it's horrible, like yeah. it, it's only temporary. We can, we can know, do difficult I... things and we're stronger than we think. I know. Exactly. <laughs> my first tattoo, I have a tattoo on my arm. Oh, it so says cool. this too shall pass. And it just reminds me that any feeling, any emotion anything nothing is forever Mm -hmm. I wish I got it somewhere I can see better because like I can't really see it that much but I whenever I'm anxious I think about it and I'm like that's so true yeah everything this too shall pass everything will pass and nothing lasts forever so I was literally telling myself that today earlier today I was like okay I'll feel better (laughs) in like five minutes yeah that's really good yeah Yeah. wait I have one more tip I just remembered I don't I don't even think this is in my video but something that I always do when I'm anxious about like We're getting doing some exclusive something. content here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little insider. Whenever like I would be super anxious about doing something that makes me really uncomfortable, I actually have a list on my notes app. Every time I've done something that made me scared, like I was on a plane ride and I was really anxious, and I state like 
I did this, I can get through this. Mm-hmm. Like, I made it through this, I can make it through this. Like, just reminding yourself of all the things that you've already been through when you feel that yeah. super, like, strong, like, feeling of anxiety. Like, it's at peak, you just remind yourself, like, I've been through it before, like, I can handle it. You know, yeah. like, I'm going to get through it. Yeah. Oh, that's another, that's another thing. I never even... I haven't even talked about that. On oh, that's media. so smart. Yeah, that's really smart. I've never even thought about doing that. My therapist, I think she mentioned one time, I think it was about food, but she mentioned something like that. Like every time I eat something, document how I feel afterwards mm-hmm. and how like I got through it. And then I can look exactly. back and be like, oh, I did this. And it just gives you more confidence and makes you proud of yourself and just makes you feel good mm-hmm. Yeah, and empowered. It's a good idea. I'm seriously going to start doing that because also in life you get so busy and then you forget a lot of things that I mean other than like Mm -hmm. a major event but you just begin to forget stuff and it's like it would be nice to be able to like read through. Yeah be proud of yourself too. Exactly yeah. Well I don't I don't know if we mentioned it while we were recording or not but Lauren does have a YouTube channel and we'll definitely have that in the description for this episode and also on the Instagram when this episode gets released. But on her YouTube, she made like a 10-minute video about emetophobia tips that she has. And I think it's – is it like five tips? Five emetophobia yeah, tips? Yeah, it says five tips, but they're like so in-depth. So there's many different things. Yes. I'm so – I'm excited okay. to watch it. <laughs> Learn some I know. Stuff. Um, so, yeah, if you guys are interested in checking that out, I'll, we'll have it everywhere. Yeah, we'll, we'll put a link to – everything her instagram tiktok youtube yes so yes all right thank you so much lauren for coming on the podcast with us and yeah thanks for having me of course and we'll we'll talk to everyone next week bye